Happy Friday. Happy podcast day. We are back. It's almost mid-June and I'm in a fleece. It's freezing in my house. Um, so no, it is not December. It's Jan- It's June. It's um, January maybe. Um, but nevertheless, we're here. And um, this is the Citizens Advisory Podcast presented by the Citizens Advisory of Pennsylvania. I am Jess Stalnecker, Executive Director, and I'm joined by Ben Herring. He is always a good, always a good uh, co-host. Um, he's the vice president of our organization. He's also the, ch- the chair of our law and strategy committee, a military veteran and a father. And because he has a daughter, he has a big interest in what we're going to be talking about today, which is Title IX um, and how that kind of bleeds down to us. This Title IX is a federal law, right? Um, and how it kind of bleeds down to us at the state and the school district level. Like this is stuff that can affect um, our kids. And so there's been a couple proposed updates to Title IX. A lot of you might be familiar with what Title IX was originally intended to do. Um, We're going to talk about that today. Um, First, we also want to talk a little bit about the fact that this is a timely topic because we're right smack dab in the middle of what many of us, you know, um, have been trying to put our blinders on, but we're in the middle of Pride Month, okay? Um, and we're seeing all kinds of, I don't know, how do you want to, a lot of division in this country, right? There's a lot of boycotting companies, Target, Budweiser, all those things. Um, and now we're at the point where we feel like we do need to talk a little bit about this because, it's important for you to understand where we stand um, as an organization. Um, there's a lot of there's th- this is a very uh, divisive topic, um, and so we want to just put some things out there so you understand where we're coming from. So Ben, I'm gonna I'm gonna start. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the microphone first, and then I will add um, my my two cents in a little bit. Yeah, thanks, Jess, and happy Friday to all. So this this topic is something that I I personally said I would like to make a statement on this um, flat out because it's important for folks to know where we stand on this, but it's also as important, if not more important, to um, verify and validate the true issue here because people like to hijack news stories. They like to put out these little you know, these little headlines and they, they of course love the word game, which is if you don't agree with what I'm doing, you're this, you're that, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're all this stuff. I'm so sick of it. And I'm so sick of the the cowards that won't stand up and actually come back and say, no, you're absolutely wrong. You know what I mean? And like fight back on this fake narrative that's out there. So let's be crystal clear about what is happening right now. Like Jess said, we're in the middle of a month long celebration where you have Memorial Day, which is one day for people that fought for this country and died. And I think it's so important to um, really clarify, you know, our vision and our our you know moral beliefs with this topic. It's not about somebody's sexual orientation. Let me say that again. It's not about somebody's sexual orientation. People love to do that. LGB, in my opinion, has been hijacked by everything else. These folks have been hijacked and it's it's very unfortunate because there's a lot of really good people that are lesbian, gay and bisexual that are now part of this movement, which is taking, to, in my in my view, a very bad turn. So where we stand, where we will always stand is for the children. And that's the crux of this conversation. 
when you're talking about your sexual preference with a child, you are not some hero that should be glorified. You're a predator. You should never talk to a child about who you want to go into a room with. That is disgusting. That's predatory behavior. That's what we don't stand for, never will, and we will continue to fight against. So this topic today is very germane to this whole conversation. When it comes to Title IX in schools and you're talking about, quote, gender identity or sexual orientation, for who? A first grader? A first grader that should not know their sexual orientation because they shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff? And why are why are the adults pushing this on them? Right. It's disgusting. It's despicable. It's every other word that's out there that's worse than that. But where we draw the line is we don't care about your sexual orientation. You should not be treated separately of anybody else. You should not be discriminated against. Let's be clear. But when you start getting into where the children are involved, then we're going to be right in your face because we're not going to allow that to happen. Exactly. And I think that that goes along with what we're seeing. I think a lot of people are waking up because I feel like Target crossed a line. I feel yeah. like Budweiser, Bud Light crossed a line. Um, and so when you start to to basically, let's talk about Target for one second, okay? Mm -hmm. We're not gonna we're not gonna live here, but let's talk about Target for one second. Who really is the primary Target market of that department store? It's moms with young kids. And when you walk into that store, and I'm telling you that the pride display, I, I haven't been in there because I'm not going there. Um, but I I know that the pride display was front and center. And not only that, but okay, so most kids are going to be like, oh, it's a rainbow, whatever. Like, okay, fine. Um, but when you walk into the children's department and there's chest binders for young girls, okay, and there are tuckable underwear for toddlers, that's a thing. You can look it up. People were saying, mm -hmm. oh, they weren't marketing it towards the kids. They sure as heck were. Okay. Yeah, they lied about most of that. Yeah. Stuff. So, so you can find it online. Go ahead, go and look. Okay. So, mm -hmm. but that's where you cross a line. Most yep. people don't have anything to say about a rainbow t shirt tucked away in the women's section or the men's section. Like, I really don't care. I don't, like you said, I don't care about someone's private sexual life. Okay. Like I, that is not my business and I treat everyone the same equally. However, when you start to really engineer this to market towards the kids, that's the problem. And that's where people are waking up. And now, now this is where you're seeing the division. You're, you're seeing the clash. You're seeing the culture war kind of come mm -hmm. to head, but it's a really ugly movement on that side. And it's not just it's not just about equal rights at all. Like it it's is not. an ugly predatory movement that people aren't necessarily understanding. When we talk about parental rights and we talk about protecting our kids, that's where we draw the line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's very, very good points. I mean, we can talk for hours about this because there's so many examples that are out there. But you look at these, quote, family friendly events they're having. I blame the, the the movement for this because if you don't agree with it, somebody needs to stand up, be a leader and shut it down. But these family friendly events that are having men dressed up in bondage, you know, whipping each other with stuff. And there's children at the parade watching this. You are a predator. You are not some glorified hero that's standing up for your rights. You're a predator. That's disgusting. And what rights? And we'll, we'll, we're going to talk about this today because there's a lot there's a lot of factual information we're going to put out there. Because 
it's very clear that these rights that they say they don't have, it's all a farce. It's all a lie. Sexual orientation has been rooted in, in our laws for a long time. Um, yeah, 30 years ago, it might not have been, but the progress that's been made has been very beneficial to that community, the you know LGB community. So that's why I say they're being hijacked because they've already made it to where they're treated equally. Right. But now, now we're going down this this predatory grooming stage with these these disgusting human beings. And honestly, Ben, if I were a part of that community, the LGB community, mm -hmm. I'd be really upset to even be associated with the rest of that alphabet. Look at gays against groomers. I mean, they're a perfect example. They're all standing up, and, and God bless them because they're coming out with with real facts too. Just yeah. like, just I mean, like they, we do. They have the receipts. They, they bring it. Yeah. I mean, definitely if you're listening and you are on Instagram or Facebook, whatever, follow them on Twitter, right? To, um, gays, yep. and rumors. It's, it's a, it's eye opening. Um, these people who are standing and they've tried, um, before Elon Musk took over Twitter, they were dropped. Their Twitter account was dropped multiple times. Yep. So, yeah. The communist, yeah. The communist, you know, um, cancel culture folks were out there taking well, care technically of technically part yeah. of the community. But because they're not in line with that predatory nature, yep. they were they were canceled. It's 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 actually kind of unbelievable. But these are the same folks. Let, let me just say this: these are the same yeah. folks that that came up with this new definition of minor attracted persons called maps. Right. And then they used a big story on Instagram happened two days ago. They used literally they would put pictures of maps to try and find other pedophiles or what they want to call minor attractive persons. They're all part of this same community. And if you don't condone that and you're not part of that, you need to be standing up and talking against these people. But right. until somebody stands up against them, guilt by association, you guys are all one and the same. If you don't have the courage to stand up and say, I don't support that. hundred percent. We need more people. No. We need more people speaking up. Um, we well, that was a good, here we go. That's the, the kids coming home from school. Um, that is what is going to lead us into this Title IX conversation, okay? So let's start with Title IX on a federal level. And and me, um, I, you know, grew up, I was, I was a collegiate athlete, a dual sport collegiate athlete. Like, I was so appreciative of what Title IX um, was initially meant to do. So let's start there and let's talk a little bit about the proposed updates to Title IX by the Biden and Men and how that's going to completely flip things um, to, to almost negate the original purpose of Title IX. So I'm going to leave that up to you, Ben. You're the expert here. Yeah. Again, like Jess said at, at the beginning, this, this is very near and dear to my heart. So this, this is um, as an organization, we have eight priorities. And of course, those priorities will change over time. Currently, as it stands today, number one priority is Title IX protecting our children, protecting our young girls, um, you know, as they go up through schools and, and, of course, fighting back on the schools that are trying to do harm. So, excuse me, on January 20th, 2021, wasn't that long after um, the inauguration. In fact, was it that day? I think, wasn't it like the next day? Yeah, so January we're, we're talking. was the inauguration. Yeah, so that day, that day, somebody went back to his desk and sign an executive order that very same day. That tells you where this priority is on his on his and his administration's radar. Um, and it was also International Women's Day when this executive order was signed, just for a little irony there, disgusting irony too. Mm -hmm. So um, this executive order, this edict, this dictatorial, you know, 
you shall you know kiss the cloak garbage that comes out uh basically gave agencies 100 days to look over their um discrimination criteria and processes and find a way to include sexual orientation and gender identity in all of the discrimination policies. This is for every federal agency. So as we know, one of the big agencies that's out there on the federal level is the, part, the Department of Education. So gave them 100 days to come up with, you basically it's an edict to the, to the I won't call them leaders because they're not, to the heads of these agencies to say, there's a new sheriff in town. These are my priorities. How are you going to make my priorities a real thing? So you have 100 days to figure that out, right? So then all again, no courage out there. These people are just like, okay, whatever you say. Mm -hmm. So DOE um, started drafting their little language to change Title IX. Now, Title IX, just to take a real quick step back, in 1972, when this was implemented, it was to do exactly, Jess, and you were the beneficiary of Title IX. It was to take any federal funding that went to schools. Now, again, federal funding is our money. I love when people say, oh, federal or state. Or, it's still our money. We're still paying our taxes. Right. They just hide, They just take our money and use it for their little uh, you know, pet projects. So Title IX was if you're a school that receives federal funding, which is almost all the schools, including mm -hmm. every university pretty much, um, you had to ensure that the women's teams were considered and funded just as the men's teams were. So if you had a men's basketball team and you said, I'm not going to put together a women's basketball team, but there was a lot of um, women in college at that time that wanted to play, you were mandated to do so by right. law. Right. So it was a good thing. It was, it was creating an equal playing field for men and women, not treating them differently based upon their, their sex. Okay. So from 1972 until the Obama administration, everything was fine. But then we, the, I mean, the the Obama administration, people don't realize the damage that was done. And this this new gender identity and sexual orientation, the whole thing came about. Again, I'll remove sexual orientation from this conversation because we don't, again, we've already made it clear that people shouldn't be discriminated against because they're gay, bi, sexual, or lesbian. Right. That's fine. No issues there. That's not creating risk to our children, in my opinion. But to allow somebody to basically just identify as something on any given day with no objective legal, you know, definition of what that term means or even a medical note saying I have transitioned completely like something, something out there that tells you that they're they're saying they're a different sex. Um, those all got thrown into this whole Title IX rewrite. So on a federal level, again, if, if your school receives federal funding, you would be subject to this new Title IX law, if it goes into effect, it would it would disintegrate women's sports. I mean, it would destroy all the progress that was made because now any male could say, "I'm a female," join the women's sports team, play basketball, play soccer, play whatever, go into their facilities at any given time. I mean, we talked a lot about that during House Bill 300's podcast. People can refer to that if you want to, but. I mean, we, we know what the impact would be on a federal we're scale. It. We're seeing it already because it's already happening, even before these updates are official. Um, we are, we're seeing it happen. We, I just, Ben and I have talked um, with Riley Gaines, who many of you probably have seen or heard, especially if you follow conservative, more conservative out, uh, news outlets, but um, she is, has been a champion for, um, fairness in women's sports because she was forced to swim against a biological male and then was gaslit 
when, um, you know, when she questioned it and when she questioned why she had a change in the same locker room as this man. Um, and so, uh, you know, this is far reaching, but it's already happening. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry for the interruption, but we like, I just want to be clear that this is like, we, we can see where this goes. I mean, it's chaos. We can see where this goes and it really does erase opportunity for women. So we need to be clear about that because people are like, oh, well, like the women just need to, to train harder or, you know, this is bigoted or whatever. It's not, it's not at all. There are absolute biological differences between men and women in their mm-hmm. bone density, in their uh, in their muscle musculature, in their um, strength, in their speed, all of those things are biologically fact. Um, and so, when you start to place men in women's sports, you have an unfair advantage. And Riley talks about the fact that there were girls on women on that pool deck on the day of the national championships crying because they missed out on all American by one place. And it was because they were pushed out by a biological male. So it does affect people. We have to make sure that we're understanding that, you know, it's not just, oh, well, we have to cater to this person's feelings or how they feel or how they identify on that day. Um, It is, it is widespread. The effects are widespread. And it almost seems like we're erasing everything that we've come so far on. Absolutely. And I want to, I want to actually give what and this is my opinion, but I believe this is good news. We we haven't found an attorney yet that has the, um, you know, the courage to come forward and fight this. But there are many out there that are trying Alliance Defending Freedom, Pacific Justice Institute. There's a coalition being formed behind the scenes. We won't get too much into that, but we're part of it and we are building a coalition. The premise under which they're using um this federal, they're, they're trying to change Title IX, to me is very flawed. So, and I won't get so much into it because it's very, very lengthy and detailed, but Clayton v. Bostock was the ruling. It was supposedly the, you know, the, the, the groundbreaking ruling that they're using to leverage for all this change. And in Clayton v. Bostock, um, Justice Gorsuch actually wrote the opinion on it. It wasn't, it's incredible if you actually read it because you're going to know exactly what I'm saying when you're reading it. You're going, what that, What does that have to do with, with schools and children and anything? What, what basically happened was a gay man was fired for his job. He worked there for a long time. When he came out and said I was gay, um, he got fired. And that's clear discrimination, right? So it went through the cir- Circuit Court of Appeals and it went up to the Supreme Court and they rolled it. No, you can't fire a guy just because he says he's gay, because that is clear discrimination. Now, discrimination means treating somebody differently because of who they are, or what what kind of characteristics they have. But this has nothing to do with two sets of people. You have women and girls that are being treated unfavorably due to a biological male. So that has never been argued. That is not part of Clayton v. Bostock. That is, Clayton v. Bostock was a very simple ruling. It was You treated somebody that worked for you for 30 years differently once you found out they were gay and that's not allowed. But that is that is nothing to do with taking two groups of people and saying your rights are less than this person's right. So this has not been litigated at the Supreme Court. It's going to. And I believe strongly that when they finally get there and there's a full hearing at the Supreme Court, they are going to save women's rights. I believe they are. They're going to stop this nonsense, this chaos with biological men. I really pray that that's the case. I really do. So do I. So do I. And there's an appetite, Jess, real quick. There's an appetite because 
if you haven't seen Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman? As of what well, we just checked, 177.2 million views. If you think that there's people out there that are just saying, we're just not going to talk about it and let all this bad stuff happen. People are waking up. Yeah. And a lot more people are have the mindset that we do that this is not right. And I think people need to understand that. That is such a good point. And that is encouraging as well. Um, mm -hmm. And I did watch that. And I encourage anyone who hasn't watched it to watch it. It is absolutely eye-opening um, to see what the thought process is. Um, it's almost like a brainwashing um, mm -hmm. of people in this gender identity, gender. What was that one course that that professor was teaching? What was it like? Gender Was it gender, gender theory? Yes, it was yeah. gender theory. And um, the way that they really believe what they're saying when it is absolute, it's absolutely false. It's an absolute it Scientifically um, untrue. Scientifically untrue. And I have a biology degree. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, I do, I encourage anybody that has not seen it to watch it is eye-opening. It's actually very well done. It was captivating. I couldn't stop watching once I, once I started. So highly recommend. Um, yeah. And don't get caught up on words, right? Jess, like yep. the, the number one thing people like to say to, to somebody like me who has the views that I do is, oh, well, you're a bigot. You have to be a bigot. You know what a definition of a bigot is? Let, let me read it verbatim because people probably hear that term and they maybe have never actually heard the definition. Right. Um, a person who is unreasonably attached to a belief, opinion or faction, especially one who is prejudiced against or antagonistic toward a person or people on the basis of their membership of a particular group. Uh, newsflash, everybody. If you watch What is a Woman? You're going to see a ton of bigots. And those bigots aren't on the side that we're on. They're on the side that think that they can just make up terms. And if you don't believe those terms, you're not a good person. And just like Riley Gaines, she was attacked. You know, that that shows the level of violence they'll put towards somebody that doesn't agree with them. Absolutely. That's what a bigot is. Let's be clear on what a bigot is. So, again, I've said this in previous podcasts. Don't let words have any impact on you. Let them throw every word they want to. They don't mean anything unless they're actually substantiated by some kind of evidence. Exactly. Exactly. Um, let's talk a little bit about where we stand currently with the updates on Title IX. Um, there was just a... I don't want to, I don't want to keep using the word update, but there was just kind yeah. of something that came down the pike that pushed those updates back a little bit. So I would love for you to talk about that, Ben. Yeah, no. And, and I, I kudos to anybody that's out there that did submit a comment that's listening to this podcast. We salute you. Thank you. Yes. God bless you. So the first through the rulemaking process and the one I do agree with kind of how the process is laid out. When you propose a change, you have to give the public, um, a right of that change, like a notice of that change, but also the right to provide comments back to you to tell you why we think this is an absolutely horrible idea. So folks did do that. Little discouraging with the amount of comments that came back. If you take the population of the United States and you look at the comments that come back, it's a very small percentage. I wish there was more people that would stand up and do something. However, the agency proposing the change must adjudicate every comment. So they have to respond to every comment. So you think of this as death by a thousand paper cuts, right? If you submit 100,000, 200,000 comments, you just tied up that agency for a long time because before they can propose the final rule, they got to go through those comments. And kudos to every 
common sense American out there that actually submitted comments because on the first wave of comments, there were so many that it got pushed. And on the second wave of comments, which just which just closed up a few months ago, um, there were so many comments that still have to be looked at by the Department of Education that on May 26th of this year, they came out and they said, we have to delay this until October of 2023, possibly. And we'll see what happens at that point in time. But again, we were able to delay it. It's not a slam dunk win because they're still going to try and come out and push this garbage. But we at least delayed it until October of 2023. Right. We, bought us, so, we bought ourselves a little bit of time. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so we're talking Title IX at the federal level, but let's talk a little bit about how we're affected in our own state and our own school systems. Um, so again, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of just, I, I do want to remind folks though, that we did record um, a podcast on HB 300. This is not a law. This was something that was kind of fast-tracked through the House of Representatives in the state of Pennsylvania. It mm -hmm. passed by a very narrow margin. Um, it has moved on to the Senate where we kind of, a lot of people are saying that it'll be dead on arrival there. Um, but it, the fact of the matter is, is that the bill did pass the House of Representatives. And I think it's it's worth going back and listening to that podcast because it is very, very much uh, related to what we're talking about here. So let's just talk a little bit about our own state and our own school system. Absolutely. And, and elections have consequences, right? I mean, currently we are under a government that agrees with the federal Title IX nonsense that's being pushed. So we're basically under attack in the, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, just like federally, um, everybody's under attack there too. So at the state level, there's, there's again, Jess alluded to House Bill 300. It's going to the Senate. It's on a committee there. We believe it's done on arrival. We're, we're tracking that very closely, having conversations about that as needed. Uh, but there was another thing that was done uh, by Tom Wolf before he left office, which was an executive order that banned conversion therapy. Anybody that doesn't know what conversion therapy is, if some child comes out and says, I think I'm a girl, um, a boy comes out and says, I think I'm a girl, conversion therapy is actually where a licensed medical professional would talk to you and say, well, maybe you're not. Maybe you're just having some weird thoughts and let's sit down and actually have some one-on-one -on -one counseling to talk about that. Does that sound like a horrible thing to you, Jess? No, no. Um, especially since the opposite end of the spectrum is to take them at their word at a very young age and make irreversible changes to these children. So sure. I think that is a very smart first step for maybe mm -hmm. someone who is actually suffering from gender dysphoria, which is a very, very minuscule, by the way, percentage of the population. Very minuscule. Correct. Correct. So that's a rare thing. In, in real life, I just want to yep. put that out there. Um, so why would we not make sure, you know, that this was something that this person was actually, this child was actually suffering with by speaking with a licensed counselor? So, it, okay, so Wolf Bandit, great. Mm -hmm. Yep, Wolf Bandit, uh, that that gives you the appetite of these these clowns that are down in Harrisburg. Um, they said, nope, no conversion therapy. If a child says he's a frog, he's a frog. Nobody talk about it, he's a frog. Treat him like a frog. So that was the one that was one thing he did before he left office. Now, elections have consequences. Let me say that again. Somehow we put in Tom Wolf 2.0 with Josh Shapiro. Josh Shapiro's picking up everything that was left. Yep. And he's he's following through on the same exact thing. So that's where House Bill 300 came from, was that push again to make this gender identity quote thing um, part of a discrimination laws. The um, 
Human Resource Commission, Pennsylvania Human Resource Commission, which we talked about as well, part of House Bill 300. Um, they're the one that they're the ones that submitted that regulation change to include definitions of sex now in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania would include sexual orientation, transgender, gender identity, gender theory, expression, all the other words, whatever. So those three things, kind of the three-headed monster here, banning conversion therapy, pushing right, pushing legislation through that literally would make gender identity part of a law that you can't discriminate against on somebody because they say they're a frog. And then finally, the regulatory change that we did see, which that final rule did come out. So right now, that's a thing. So again, we're under attack in, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, no doubt about it. So like what should, I mean, cause we are always gearing our podcast towards parents, right? We, yeah. we are here for you. We want the same things for our kids that you want for your kids. And so yeah. what can parents do? I mean, to push back on some of this stuff. And I mean, it, there's no doubt in Pennsylvania, like we are seeing this like full steam ahead. There's no yeah. doubt. So we've already seen it because we see a lot of things across the Commonwealth that um, you know, maybe not everyone is aware of, I think we've, we've referenced some of those things in, in previous podcasts, but like, we know that, that protected private spaces are becoming a thing of the past in the state. Um, and that includes bathrooms and locker rooms and schools. Um, so what, I mean, as a parent, like, what am I doing? What should I be doing here? Yeah, great question. And this is where this is what we are all about. Um, this is why our organization was born, you know, a year ago, year and a half ago, formerly a year ago. Right. Um, because we want you to reach out to us. We have a lot of the uh, behind the scenes intelligence already, you, you know, within our grasp. We already have a lot of this stuff. So um, first and foremost, reach out to us and let us know if something is happening. I'm sure we can help you. I'm sure we, we've probably seen this before and we're more than happy to help because again, this is our number one priority. So at the end, we'll give you the email address, but please reach out to us if this is occurring. But I want to touch on a few things we've done already. Again, we're, we're an organization about action. We don't sit around. We, we go after things. We go on offense when everybody else wants to play defense. So we've submitted right to no request to um, four different school districts in the Commonwealth because we received um, a report from taxpayers, parents, and concerned citizens within those areas. So we had Owen J. Roberts School District that the superintendent during a school board meeting basically said, we cannot discriminate or, or he didn't say that. He said some other um, just garbage spewing out of his mouth, but basically got to the point of, you know, boys can use girls' bathrooms. He basically came out and said that in a public meeting. So we said, whoa, you can't. So let, let me be very, 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 very clear. What you've heard in this podcast, I want to tie it into two things here. Federal funding that goes to states to include all the ESSER funding that came out. Um, there is no, right now, Title IX is not changed. Title IX does not include gender identity or sexual, well, sexual orientation is in most 103 policies. Again, let's exclude that. But you can't you can't allow a boy to use a girl's bathroom right now in the state of Pennsylvania and think that you're legally sound. And people are just trying to do it because they think nobody's smart enough to actually look at the details. We've looked at the details. It's not allowed right now. Let's be very clear about that. So if there is a boy going into your daughter's spaces in school, you need to reach out to us because we're going to take care of it. Um, Cumberland Valley School District also reached out to them 
Shaler Area School District reached out to them and Southern Lehigh School District. Not only did we um, send a legal notice to them, I went to one of their school board meetings, but all four schools, to be clear, we asked for explicit language, authoritative guidance, memorandums, anything that allowed them to use gender identity as part of their 103 non-discrimination policy. All four schools came back and said, gender identity is not part of our non-discrimination policy. You know why they said that, Jess? Because it would be illegal for them to say that it was because Title IX has not changed. So they can't do that. So that's what we've done. We're exposing these school districts um, one by one that if they want to go out there and stand up and, and basically virtue signal to their constituents during a school board meeting, we'll get the receipts from them. We'll show them to the public and we'll prove that what they're saying is incorrect. Right. And then we are willing. And, you know, one thing I'll say just to finish up the question about parents, if somebody, God forbid, is harmed, we hope that never happens. But if you have a child that literally suffered harm, whether it's physical harm, mental harm, because of a school instituting or allowing this to occur, then we absolutely want to hear from you because we are in touch, again, with that coalition of attorneys and coalition of um, folks that are fighting back on this. Mm -hmm. And that would be something that we can look to get some immediate uh, remedy on. Yeah. If need be. And we're willing to fight with you. We are absolutely willing to fight that. Yep. No doubt. Um, one thing I forgot though, too. So this is a little kind of part of our strategy. So the Department of Education, Office of Civil Rights, is the arbiter of any federal discrimination, which would include if a boy goes into a girl's bathroom. Here's the trick. The DOE are the ones that are pushing this. Right. But it's not changed right now. So if you submit a complaint through the Office of Civil Rights, you're going to force their hand. Mm -hmm. They got to do something. So what are they going to say? They're either going to put in writing, we we don't believe this is discrimination because gender identity is included, which we know is not allowed. That's illegal right now. Or secondly, they're going to have to investigate it. And if they're following the actual statute as it stands right here today, they're going to have to find the school at fault for allowing a boy to go into the girl's bathroom. And they would have to find them or put any, you know, corrective actions upon that school district. So that is another important tool that we will use. So if that's happening again, reach out to us and we yes. will use it. In fact, um, I mean, I think we've pretty much concluded today. And so in, if you need to reach out or you have something that's going on, you can go to our website Okay, at citizensadvisorypa.com. Okay, and you can click submit a report. All right, and that comes directly to us. We put it through our workflow. We take a look at what you're saying and what what has happened, and um, you know, we take action from there. So don't forget to check us out on our website, citizensadvisorypa.com. You can also check us out on Facebook. We have a private group. We are also on Twitter, Citizens Advisory of PA. Um, and if you're enjoying these podcasts and these conversations, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Um, and I just want to thank Ben for all of his expertise in this area. Again, um, he is taking some time out to do this with us today. So thank you so much, Ben. Um, and head up, everyone, right? Like there are, you know, this is this is kind of a a, a war. Um, but we we are optimistic that in the end, if enough people wake up and stand up, um, you know, we will, 
we will win and some order will be restored. <laughs> yeah. And, and let me say this too, like, you know, if, if, if you're sitting back and, and you think this is happening or you're concerned that this may come to your school district, just shoot us a note and get involved with us anyway, just be part of our, our coalition. And, you know, if you, if you don't have, and I'm not saying this in a mean way, if you don't have, you know, the courage or, or even the, the wants to stand up and kind of battle in a public space with your school district, you could still be aligned with us. We are the ones that are going to go there and do that. Uh, I'm more than happy. Folks can can jump on the train here. We're going full steam ahead. And um, I'm more than happy to be the person that goes and speaks if I need to. So don't think there's not somebody out there that'll do it because I absolutely will. That's why we're here. Yep, absolutely. Hey, thanks, Ben. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Uh, like I said, please like, subscribe, share with anyone who you think might need to hear this today and have a great weekend. Thanks everybody. Thank you.